The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. What's up, everybody? Good morning, Boston. And whether you are on your way down to the Cape for a barbecue or stuck in traffic in some godforsaken stretch of the expressway... Dude, it's cool because you're listening to the Boston Podcast, the city's only independent daily podcast uh, that I know of. If you know of another one, I'm still waiting. I've been uh, doing this every day. So far, no one's come up with one. Anyway, we have a terrific guest and a terrific topic today. Um, It is, uh, well, how do I get into this? Well, this is very interesting to me, I should say, because I have a son with autism and People with autism and other special needs have certain sensory issues, and that means that it has to do with uh, tactile stuff and pressure around your body. My son loves swimming. And so we have someone here who's an expert in that particular dynamic and how that kind of stuff can be used better to help people with disabilities and all that kind of stuff. I haven't said it well at all, but that's why I have Tanya Acosta with me here today. Tanya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on World Autism Awareness Day. It's a pleasure. We're recording this on World Autism Awareness Day? Yes, we are. Okay. Oh, good Good for me to know. I should. And this is Autism Awareness Month also, Correct. isn't it? The Correct. month of April. So here we are. So excellent timing. And Tanya is the executive director of Sensory City, where you can, you can find them, by the way, at sensorycity.org. They are an organization dedicated to helping children with disabilities, focusing on making spaces friendly for individuals with sensory needs and making spaces that accommodate people who have autism, PTSD, dementia, ADHD, and uh, I imagine other things as well. Other issues with sensory issues. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, yeah, tell us how you got into this and maybe how you were inspired and kind of what your organization is all about. Great. Well... I'll tell you, a lot of my inspiration comes from my son. He was born with Down syndrome, and he certainly has some sensory challenges himself. Mm -hmm. However, a couple years ago, my husband and I, we were walking through Shannon Airport in Ireland, and we stumbled across a sign that said... What brought you to Ireland? Oh, so my husband's family is from County Kerry, and my grandparents are from Galway, so we we try to go as often as we can. Does your husband have the brogue, or no, his parents probably do? Yeah, if you ask him to say, it's tree, tarty tree, talk to the morning to ya, he does a good job. But <laughs> okay. he's a natural. I'm sure. Excellent. <laughs> um, so I'm we were sorry, you were saying, Tanya. Traveling through Shannon Airport in mm-hmm. Ireland. Um, and it's a small airport, but I am so proud of them because they are either the first airport in the world or one of the first airports in the world to put in place a sensory room. And so a lot of people are not familiar with this term. But a sensory room is essentially a quiet, lowly lit room that really helps provide some respite um, from just kind of the loud or otherwise busy space that so, might be around them. So you found it in just kind of at a spot in the in the terminal. You're walking yeah. through the terminal past the Cinnabon and whatnot or whatever the version of Cinnabon is in, in Ireland. And uh, 
They have a room, and it's a sensory room. It's right there next to the cafe. Cool, because we don't, and you're going to have to tell me whether we have any in the United States because I've never seen one. Mm-hmm. You're yep. getting so, there, I assume. Sorry, I am. go ahead, so, Tanya. <laughs> a little bit more about sensory rooms. Um, yep. Essentially, they might have just some kind of calming sound, some soft lighting features. The hope is that you have a bit of a judgment-free zone um, to go and, and sort of be there in a quiet space. You can get away from an overstimulating environment and relax without um, without being overstimulated and, and possibly having a meltdown because of it. Right. Um, so back to your question about where are these sensory rooms. Um, and Europe actually has a good amount of them. I know that Gatwick, um, Gatwick just put one in. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, uh, Malta and Beirut. Airport. Wow. Yeah. Would yeah, not have guessed. Would not have they been on have my top They have sensory rooms, yes. Okay. And it's just wonderful that they're really promoting accessibility and you know, helping kids be included in a, a traveling, a, a way to travel without being overstimulated and without going through um, just having a respite from all of the hustle and bustle of an airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I brought, I brought this this idea back and I've, I've been meeting with Logan Airport. We met it several times and it, it sounds like they might be considering putting one in. And, you know, I surely hope they do because we're at a stage where airports all over the world, all over this country are mandated to, um, at least in this country, mandated to accommodate a place for dogs to relieve themselves. Yes. Don't we the want them dogs? To- <laughs> yeah, I think this this should have been more of a priority than the dogs. Well, I and just, yeah, I just think we should have a, a, another a space for children with disabilities in airports. It, it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, there's a there was a viral video some time back of a woman walking her dog through the airport, and the dog relieves himself. And I'm talking about number two here, and she just kind of walked by and who knows these things? You know, maybe the video was taken out of context. But the guy who shot the video is going, uh, "Your dog." Pardon me, but your dog just shit all over the floor. You're gonna do something about it. She kind of waved and she kept walking. And was um, this in the special place for the relieving of dogs, or just out there on the just out there? Okay. Yeah. Well, so that maybe she didn't know there was a place, but but there should be a place. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the dogs, with the um, what do we call them? The service service animals or emotional uh, support dogs or whatever they are. To the people that really need them, my apologies, but I think it's it's been proven out that it's been overused. Apparently, it's not such a chore to get. Anyway, we're not here to talk about dogs, but <laughs> back to the priority. I think I think it's uh, great. And so, what do, what does one of these rooms look like? So there's some really nice pictures on our website. You can get a better cool. visual there. But uh, you know, they're different. They may have a different kind of some of those light. Um, virtual things going on on the ceiling with low lighting. Mm-hmm. They might have some tactile toys to play with. They might have padded floors for safety reasons. Right. But essentially, they'll be a quiet, calming location away from all the noise. And uh, that's that's number one priority. I think they should put them all next to Starbucks because then you have judgment-free zone next to a judgment-full <laughs> zone. Um, so... <laughs> United States doesn't have them yet. But we do. Lo- oh, we um, do. There's one in Atlanta okay. and Birmingham, Alabama, I believe. Okay. So they're just kind of popping up in random places where somebody Pittsburgh like you was is inspired. About to put one in. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but we, I really think, I mean, Logan should. We should be leading should the way. Do. We should be. Yeah. We're Boston. Um, exactly right. So it's important to people with disabilities because. It's kind of the the way they're wired. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll speak from personal experience. My son, um, he doesn't have a ton of anxiety, but 
he definitely has, uh, you know, uh, what they call self-stimulatory behavior, which is not what you think it is, people. It's, um, you know, he'll rock, he'll rock, he'll like uh, shake his hands a little bit. Sometimes he used to clasp his hands together, which, um, and he kind of got around that. But if you can remember the movie Rain Man, the Dustin Hoffman character always had that little rock about him. And my son definitely does that. Um, like I said, he loves swimming. When he goes to sleep, he sleeps with a giant stuffed animal like draped all over him. And so what is it about that? Why do they crave that? Well, this pressure sensation is really comforting for, for a lot of kids who have sensory needs. We have, you know, especially if they're a sensory seeker. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you have certain toys that you brought today, yeah. I understand. One of the other things that we do is we have a certification program for hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go through our program and become sensory-friendly certified. We provide them with a staff training. And then we provide them with um, a sensory kit, a safety kit, a comfort kit. And I can show you and talk to you about some of these items. Sure. Um, one of the, I think one of the most comforting and calming items that we have that we provide to hotels is... Um, we have a weighted blanket, mm-hmm. and if you've ever felt one, it's just feels like you're. If you put it on you on top of your sofa, you feel like you're just sinking into La La Land. It's wonderful. It's really nice. So, yeah. For the typical person, it's wonderful, and if you're a sensory seeker, it's it's probably just much more calming. Right. Um, so this is one of the things that we provide in our sensory kit. So the blanket that I'm looking. Uh, can you, uh, Tanya, like kind of yeah. hold hold that up a it's, little bit? I know people pounds. can't see it at home. So it's if Do I'm going to try, try it on. You should try it on. Sure, I'll try it on here. Pardon me, everyone. I'm going to get the sensory mic. Bring it over and put it on your lap. Okay. Oh my God, it's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So out. first of all, it's it's um, it's got a pattern on the what you'd call the inside, the the part that you would put kind of on you. And then on the outside, is this by design, these dots? Yeah, because it, it has like that nice textured yeah. feeling. You run your hand over it and it's a little bumpy. Right. So but it's very g- soft. Right. So it's it's got this bumpy texture picture like um, a, a, the the appearance of a golf ball, but certainly not the, you know, it's got it's got these dimples. That's that's uh, that's but, a good way to explain yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And so you run your hands over it, you kind of get a nice sensation. And then, okay, I'm going to put it on everybody. Oh, my God, it's heavy. I'm only putting it on half of me. I only have... It's so warm, and yeah, it, it feels like <laughs> it's going to sound cliche, but it sounds like it feels like somebody's giving you a hug almost, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, you, you get one of these for your um, special needs child, you end up using it yourself a lot, I bet. It's, it's got these very, oh, uh, very cute dogs and bones on the, on the uh, inside, by the way. The I pattern. sit with that on my sofa all oh, the time. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. All right. So what else we got? Sorry, we to, sorry couple, to throw the blanket. A couple you. fidget toys okay. and um, some of these you can kind of pop and some of these you fidget with with little buttons and uh, strings my, to pull. Now, does your son um, like the fidget toys? He does. It, he does, yeah. Um, yeah, my son did get obsessed with fidget spinners for a while. We went through about a dozen of them. They kept breaking. Um, yeah. But so Tanya's showing me a couple toys. These are also they're, on my website. It can have some visual if they want to look at them. Cool. Do those, do those have names or they're just fidget toys? Just yeah. fidget toys. No, because <laughs> <laughs> one of them's got like these um, uh, bubbles that you pop in and out. That looks fun. Tanya's popping them right it now. Is. Yeah, they're, mul- they're, <laughs> they're multicolored. And so picture like if you cut a racquetball in half 
and it were not like as totally thick as a racquetball. And you could, you would kind of pop that in and out. And it's got that, it, it's, it's, uh, I would liken it to the reason why people like popping, um, the, the, the bubbles in oh. a packet. What do you call those? In the, the package plastic. wrapping. Yeah, exactly. And you like popping those bubbles. It's just kind of a nice feeling, except this is reusable. Well, mm-hmm. you can pop it back in, in and out. And then the other thing that you have there looks like, um, if a, if a Rubik's cube had, no, I meant that one, Tanya. Sorry. Well, they're all, they're all cool and kind of space age, <laughs> space age looking. Yeah. Some of them are these like, uh, Let's see. It's probably like if you picture a 12-sided die like you used to use in Dungeons and Dragons if you were a geek like me, except on every side they've got little so this uh, is switches, kind of like a switch, right? Like a buttons, switch, a button, knobs. They uh, yeah. <laughs> now, um and first thing I'm thinking is that that um a lot of grown-ups that are typical people could use these as well just on a stressful day. Under your desk at work, yeah, at a right? meeting. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. So so that's really cool. And what we, else? We also, in our sensory kit, um, I think one of the most important items is we have noise-canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you may be a guest in a hotel and you might want to take your children or family members to the restaurant. And sometimes restaurants are really loud and overwhelming. There's a lot of different kinds of sensory input coming at you at once. You have smells. You have all these different sounds, clanking of plates, um, people you're speaking loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these noise-canceling headphones don't drown out all the sounds, but they definitely bring the volume down to a more tolerable level. The ones you have, those are not, they don't require batteries, right? No. Okay. No. Yeah, so it they look like... Um, they're, they're more of noise-reducing headphones than the noise-canceling ones. They're not the right. ones that emit a sound. It's like the the noise canceling headphones that I'm wearing right now because the noise canceling aspect of them broke and I'm very upset. The manufacturer, you're lucky I'm not mentioning you on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, these look like um, air traffic. Uh, yeah. the, the people, the grounds crew at the air mm-hmm. tra- at the airport, wear those things. My son um, doesn't go far without his noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Now he listens to music in them, but he will. Uh, now we used to bring him. Um, everywhere we went mm-hmm. um, because, you know, when it got loud, he wanted them, um, mm-hmm. particularly if we were going someplace where music would be playing or something like that. He's gotten better. He's almost outgrown that need, um, but they're still not far from him. So um, so you sell those as well? On your, I'm sorry, do you sell this stuff on your website? or they're just, it, We do, yep. um, but we package this um, all into a nice little sensory kit, all these we, items, okay. and we um, sell them to hotels and other spaces. Right. You um, said that. I swear I was listening. It's okay. <laughs> One of the other little items we have is going to be a little dif- difficult to describe on radio. but I like a challenge. Go it's ahead. Like, um, you could call it something like a mini lava lamp that does not plug yeah. in, but a combination of a lava lamp and an egg timer, if you have a really good imagination, you mm-hmm. flip it from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And the little oil drops fall down. So this that's cool. So this is picture something about the size of a uh, um, deodorant stick. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that's good. This right, that's about the size of it and about the shape of it. It's a little skinnier than that, but it's completely um, translucent. I always get mixed up translucent and transparent. It's it's glass. You can see through the whole thing. It's clear. Right, <laughs> but it's got um, you know the fluid in it with these 
colorful drops that kind of go up and down. Now, but tell me, why is that soothing? So that's not soothing necessarily in a tactile way. It's, it's a visual way. Okay, Visually. cool. So it's yeah, to watch. Yeah, it, it is. I'm getting a little mesmerized myself. Mm-hmm. You trying to hypnotize me? <laughs> yeah, th- there are these uh, multicolored dots that are like you know, those little like oil droplets that are going up and down when you when you flip it. So cool. Yeah, it's like a lava lamp that doesn't need to be plugged in. Yeah. 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 So those are most of the items that we have in our sensory kit. Um, although we also provide a special um, one of those pillows with the little beads in them mm-hmm. um, that I did not bring today. Mm-hmm. Like a, also, almost like a beanbag. It yeah. It feels like a beanbag. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other item that I don't have that we also provide in our sensory kit to hotels, which is such a nice thing for them to offer families in a room, is an exercise ball. Mm. Can be deflated for storage, but inflated and put in a room, you know, for a child to use as a seat or as a toy to roll around on. We've used those too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know, he will he will like to just bounce on that thing while he's watching TV or something. Yeah. It, um, it's, uh, I don't know if this is the clinical term, but we always said he needs input. Like you can right. tell he needs it's some sensory input. input. Sensory input. Sensory yeah. input, right. Um, so cool. So if so, if uh, how does it work? Like if a family goes, checks into a hotel and- They can check out one of these bags at, at the check-in. They okay. can you know, ask ahead of time. Right. But And these are reusable, I take it though, because they're- Yes. Yeah, okay. They're all hand-picked so that these can be easily washed down. None of these are, you know, material. Right. They're all- they all can be wiped with right. box wipes. Exactly. So we also provide a safety kit. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times kids who have disabilities, probably kids who don't have disabilities, might try to run out of the room at night or during the day. Mm. And if they're older, um, they're able to open the locks, right? So yeah. hotels have no way of kind of preventing that. Um, you, you can't lock kids in really up high from the room. I think it's illegal, but we have a little uh, door alarm sensor that you can hang over the door. So if the door starts moving, the handle starts moving in the middle of the night, parents are alerted. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a lock and, uh, but it's like an oversized lock with a silver bar. This is really a challenge. (laughs) This is like some (laughs) kind of exercise. And okay, David, can you describe what you see? Um, It's got like a a silver bar, a steel bar that hangs over the the doorknob, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as uh, a kid tries to bolt and opens the doorknob, it it, what, it sets off some kind of an alarm? It picks up the fact that it's a motion sensor. So it picks up the fact that there's movement on it. And it beeps? Mm Mm-hmm. The kid's going to love that. Yeah, it's not too loud. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alerts the parents, well, maybe obviously. It, so. They won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's the deterrent, yeah. So yeah. Included- As my son would say, no, 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 no. Oh, man, he hates it. If, like, yeah. a smoke alarm goes off or something. Yeah. Is, yeah. I hate it, too. Hey, this is Ed Nathanson, host of Are You Not Entertained? Let me take a minute to tell you about the awesome team and company that's the Boston Podcast Network. I'm new to this myself. I've always been into podcasts, but how would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you and not just make it okay, but make it freaking epic. Whether you're a lawyer, a financial advisor, a business owner like I am, or any kind of professional like I am, well, I wouldn't say professional, but close, you should have your own voice heard through this really exciting medium. A good podcast is more powerful than your traditional advertising nowadays. If you're like me, that's all I listen to now. I literally listen to podcasts every day when I'm in my car. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their ears, or their earbuds, I should say, of course, how do you, else do you hear but through your ears, Ed? Then you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com. 
will help you deliver a message, build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will be delighted at being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution. Don't be the last in. Visit pod617.com. In pod we trust. Interestingly enough, hotels never really provide a nightlight. Mm. So this is just kind of a little LED plug-in nightlight so that parents can shut off other lights but keep a little light on. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I think every hotel should have nightlights. Believe That's it weird. or not. They a lot don't. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Yeah. Outlet covers. And outlet covers. They don't. They don't have them. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. So this is our safety kit. I wonder who produces uh, outlet covers. Is there like one company that is the outlet cover manufacturer for the entire, you know, Easter I don't know, food? but that's one of those simple <laughs> inventions that you say to yourself. Exactly. This person just probably made millions. Yeah, exactly. Look at the plastic. Yeah. Or, or had some, um, you know, misbehaving kid that kept sticking a fork in there and, and finally was figure like, that's it. it. Yeah. That's it. Give me some plastic, <laughs> plastic. and then something to melt it with. I'm going to figure this out. And they did. Exactly. Um, so cool. So you so you um you provide these to hotels. Your organization raise money and then provide hotels, or you sell them to hotels. We sell them. Good. Mm-hmm. We also are raising money, but we currently are not fully funded, so we're not able to donate them yet. Okay. We we are donating some this month because it's Autism Awareness Month. Right. Um, but yes, hotels. I think. Um, probably have the funds to buy these if they want to accommodate a very large population of people. I think that it's it's in their best interest because, um, you know, there are Yelp-like apps out there mm-hmm. and websites that are really large in the autism community and people who have kids with these unique sensory needs are looking for spaces that will accommodate them. Right. And so these these companies are writing reviews and talking about places mm-hmm. that are sensory friendly, talking about places that are becoming autism friendly and, you know, are the staff trained? Do the staff do the staff know the difference between a child who's coming in and a bratty child having a tantrum versus a child who might be having a sensory meltdown. Right. There's a difference. Yeah, there's and, a huge difference. You know, it's I think important for staff in these public spaces to be educated about what that looks like and how to communicate with people who have disabilities. For sure. That's all part of our training that we offer to hotels. So it's a package. We do the training, we provide the sensory kit, the safety kit, the comfort kit. Um, and then we also provide them with a social story. Mm. Do you have any idea what that is? Of course I know what a social story is. Um, I'm a special needs parent. But yeah, most people don't, so we should right. probably talk about it. Okay, sure. Well, am I being tested? Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it's a story using usually using images and usually depicting something that happened in the child's day. Yeah. Okay. So but So a real simple example is, you know, within the context of speech therapy, as speech therapists, we would use a social story to explain a little process and do a sequencing task. So if we're teaching the child the three steps of making a sandwich and how to count them back to us or brushing teeth, we would just have a picture of each step and talk about what's happening. Right. But a social story that um, would coincide with a hotel would have pictures of the outside of the hotel and it would, the first page would say, we are at the so-and-so hotel. We will walk inside the door yeah. and a picture of the check-in counter. We will stand here for approximately five to ten minutes while we wait, pay for our hotel, <laughs> and get our key. When we get our key, we will go to the elevator. It, it's basically a walkthrough of the yeah. process from the start to the end in pictures. Yeah, and 
it's huge. I can tell you, particularly for kids with autism, just speaking from my experience, not there aren't a lot of things that set uh, my son off, but changes in his schedule will do that. And he kind of, in his brain, he's always thinking about what the next thing is. So we're recording this at um, in the afternoon, and I'm looking at the clock. And in, in about 15 to 20 minutes, my son's going to call me because he calls me when he's done with his, his work day, Routine. which is really yes, vocational uh, training he does at his school. And he'll FaceTime me uh, right at that time. And then not only is he a creature habit for that, but what we talk about on the phone is exactly what's going to happen the next time I see him and all the places we're going to go and sometimes what time and what highways we're going to take to get there and that's just him. And so the social story sets the expectations for the kid, which relieves anxiety when it actually happens, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a visual depiction of what's coming, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is this social story can be custom made for any space, a hotel, an airport, whatever venue at hand. Mm -hmm. They can then upload it onto their website. Mm -hmm. Families can download it before they get there and read the entire process to the child so the kid is not just ready, but they're prepared for what's going to come. They can, oh, this is a great idea. They know what it's going to look like when they get yeah. to this place. They know what they're going to do when they get there. They know how long it's going to take to do And so, like you said, That's a great kids idea. who yeah. have these sensory needs and a, a lot of kids who are on the autism spectrum have so much trouble transitioning, and especially when they're going to a new place. Mm-hmm. So this takes a lot of the anxiety out of going to a new place. They can see exactly what's going to happen, what it's going to look like, so they're sort of prepared ahead of time. Yeah. So hotels should have this on their – some hotels already do have yeah. a social story yeah. on their website. Oh, it's genius. You so know what? You, it's, there's yeah. really nobody doing this here in the yeah. Northeast besides us. And um, If for no other reason, they should do it for uh, selfish reasons. They'll get more business because there are so many families with special needs kids, right? Yeah. They'll sell these empty rooms. Yeah. I really think it's a no-brainer. Look at the sheer numbers of Mm -hmm. of kids who have autism right now, kids, Mm -hmm. and then other people who have sensory needs. Mm -hmm. It's it's large, large numbers. I mean, I think last year Autism Speaks uh, said that one in 59 children or about and around that are born with autism. Yeah. And one in uh, 44 boys, I've heard yeah, that, that stat as well. And that's a new statistic, yeah. And, yeah. And Every boys, year, my, my son gets a little more popular, you know, um, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's chilling and it's, um, you, I guess you could, some would say disconcerting. To me, I say it's it's interesting. And I know we're getting off topic a little bit. But, you know, there's still some reason out there as to why there's a spike in the cases of autism. And we well, still don't know what it is. It's concerning that we don't know. It's concerning that we don't know. And yeah, and hopefully we'll, we'll find out. But uh, the theory that I like is that it's quite possibly the evolution of the human brain. And it's a signal that there's something happening in their brains that, so, that, that gives them, uh, causes them problems uh, in today's society. But somewhere like a thousand years down the road, it's actually going to be a good thing because if you've and I know you've 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 being a speech mm-hmm. pathologist, you've worked with I'm, I'm sure plenty of kids with autism. Um, there are things that they can do that we can't. Absolutely, so yeah. many. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many interesting theories, and it's it's really difficult when there's you don't know the cause. I know, you know, and uh, it is not vaccines. We've established yeah. that. Let's move on from that. It's not diet or anything like that, although kids with autism can have problems with their diet. that I mean, a lot of kids have a, a cocktail of problems. And I'm glad you said that because yes. one of the other 
services that we offer to the hotels in our package is we work with chefs and talk about items. We recommend items that they can put on their menu so that they have some gluten-free, some lactose-free, some casein-free items on their menu Mm -hmm. to accommodate people who have these sensitivities. Yeah. Like my son has um, an acid reflux issue that he takes some meds for. But the, you know, we fear it's compounded by the fact that he's doing like a sensory kind of move when he when he swallows or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's it's all the the um, you know the disorder has something to do with sensory, and so that that sensory problem miswiring or whatever um, can affect the digestive system too and things like that. And so Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Um, th- well, we mentioned food. Can I talk about Skittles now? Yeah, I want to, I'd love to talk about Skittles. You're making me hungry. <laughs> we don't have any in the studio yeah. today, unfortunately. But um, yeah, my son loves Skittles, and that is a sensory thing, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And we were just talking about it before we started recording. You nailed it, Tanya. You said it's it's crunchy on the outside and soft on the inside. And so in addition, hopefully you like the taste of it too, But in which Adrian does. But oh my God! If there was a if there was a Guinness Book of World Records entry for most Skittles consumed <laughs> lifetime, he's got to be in the top ten. He loves them, and it's not just that he likes eating candy, but it's that it's that feeling of crunching down on it. He went um, uh, a year and a half, or maybe even longer, without eating Skittles. He could oh. he wasn't allowed to eat them. Can you guess why? His teeth. Yes, he had braces oh. on his teeth. He had braces oh, on his teeth, braces. and. The poor guy for a whole year said, I can't have Skittles. I, I have braces oh, on my man. teeth. We found other candy for him. But when he got his, his braces off, we had a, a Skittles party for him oh, and a cake great. that said, Happy Skittles Day, Adrian. <laughs> anyway. Skittles enough are of, great. Skittles are, uh, taste the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like you have some other – Tanya came very well prepared. you have other stuff you want to cover and tell us about? Uh, oh, sensor- yeah. We, didn't, we talked about the, sensory rooms in airports. Not sports arenas. No. So tell oh. us about sports arenas. Well, it's just interesting, you know, the issue is this. Kids who are sensitive to loud noises, these kids with these disabilities, they just, they can't enjoy something so basic as a sporting outing, right? Right. And that's kind of sad because I feel like, at least in Boston, we feel like it's kind of a right, not a privilege. Heck yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's just... It's It's what we do, yeah. You should be able to access a sporting game. So... um, Having a sensory room in a sporting arena provides a comfort and quiet space to be able to watch a live game without all of the noise involved. So there are some 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 stadiums in our country who have gone forward and done this. Uh, the Utah Jazz, the mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Bills, believe it or not. So it just, really? Being from Boston, it kind of makes me a little angry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I've reached out a little bit to the TD North Garden, but um, I mean, we have to get a sensory room in the TD you North Garden yeah. in Gillette. Mm-hmm. So, but like how? But how would you do that? So the the skeptic would say, "Well, I mean, gee whiz, it people scream their heads off at sporting events is just what happens. So how are you going to get around that?" Well, essentially, they donate. Somebody donates a space, a box, right? And you have a box that's a quiet space that would do it. Actually, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have some sensory items, some sensory chairs, whether they're. Um, special bean bags or other, you know, exercise ball type mm-hmm. of chairs. You have some sensory items in there on the walls. You have some noise canceling headphones for the kids who are able to go out and enjoy the game, but they need a little bit of a sound dampening effect. Yeah. 
So Robert Kraft, are you listening? I mean, he, Robert Kraft could use some good press right about now. Yeah, he he could, yeah, given that he had some sensory problems of his own, different sort, different I kind think, of sensory yeah, problems. And we yeah. don't have to Sorry. get into all of that. <laughs> no, we won't. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the the public relations uh, for the Patriots should, should. Well, you're right, and the Kraft family. Joking aside, sorry, Kraft family, but but they've done a ton when it comes to charity and, and yeah. public outreach. This would be a good thing for them. I feel like this is something that's such an education piece. People yeah. people don't know about this. They don't realize that, you know, Sensory City exists and that we can come and help them implement this in their stadiums and their hotels. They right. don't. At this point, I think a lot of people who are not familiar with kids who, who have these issues, they're just, they're really unaware of the necessity of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that you're right. I mean, now that I think about it, having having been in a luxury box or two myself, always as a guest, by the way, uh, there is a certain insulation from the rest of the game. Right. In fact, some if you're at a football game, sometimes you're you, there's you can't even open a window. Maybe it's changed. Maybe you can open windows now. Back in the old uh, Foxborough Stadium with its many different names, um, you could kind of just crack a window. But basically, much of the sound was muffled. It's the same deal. It was the same deal for a while in Fenway Park, and now it's not there anymore. But uh, the the glass that they had um, shielding everyone in the mm-hmm. 406 club, but that's what you, you need at least the ability to muffle some of the sound. I yeah. take it that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a VP for the Red Sox, Larry Cancro. He's done a lot for autism research. We should call him. We should. You know, and let's Absolutely. let's donate a box here and there at Fenway. We're not asking for all 81 home games, but maybe some here or there, sensory. Fr- there are a lot of um, organizations, restaurants, movie theaters that do sensory night, too. Do you yeah, like that? Yeah, I love it. There's okay. a lot of sensory-friendly events, right? Yep. And what what I really want to do is make spaces more sensory accessible, mm-hmm. more sensory-friendly in general. So the Red Sox might have, you know, or, or agencies might have a sensory-friendly night or a, a day at a museum. And so that's great because it's one night or one day. But I want people to be able to go to a sporting game any day, yeah. right? And be able to have a place that they can watch and see yeah. a game, and, you know, and yeah. have it accessible. It's not to like them. ladies' night, you know. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's not like you know. Um, you're right. It's 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 trying to make these people inclusive in our society as a whole, our community, and yeah. the places that we go and. And we go to Red Sox games and we go to movie theaters and hotels and all things like that. Um, by the way, Sensory City Org, in case I didn't say it, I'm going to say it again. Sensory City Org is Tanya's organization. You can reach her by email if you want. Just It's so easy. SensoryCity at gmail.com. On, what is that, Instagram or Twitter? The, Instagram. Instagram. At Sensory City Org. At, at, sensory, at sensory City Org. Don't forget the, don't forget the org. And um, how can people help you? You could well, use you could always use money. Organizations, uh, of could, course, they can. You're donate. a non you're a nonprofit. I tell you, they can contact they can contact me, and um, if they know of any organizations, hotels, sporting arenas, other places, theme parks who would who would like to have a staff training and like to adopt some of this sensory friendly criteria, it'd be great. Cool. I might have someone over. We'll talk after the Wonderful. show. I might have someone at the Patriots to introduce you to. Um, you know who does it pretty well is Disney. Now, have you have uh, I'm talking about Disney World. You know in what's Florida. funny. It's funny that you say that because yep. I was thinking about them yesterday, and they do. Yep. They are great with disabilities. They mm-hmm. have wonderful programs, but do you know what they don't have? A sen- sensory rooms. I'm astounded. They don't have right. A sensory they room. don't. Yeah, they don't. And and if any place could use it, they really could. They have the money. I, I don't yeah. Understand. Um. 
what they do is they do make fairly generous accommodations to people they with do. special needs kids. So we, Absolutely. We, so my son Adrian loves Disney, and we've been many times. It it changed over the years, and what happened was in um, the mid two uh, thousands they had a policy where you could go up and I remember we went up and we had a note from the doctor saying he has autism mm-hmm. and we went up and he was maybe eh, eight years old, something like that. And we go up and with, I'm going up with the note and I'm saying, is this where I go to get the special assistance pass? And they said, sure. And I said, my son has autism. I think she might've seen my son like walking around behind me. And I said, do you need the doctor's note? She said, nope, you're all set. And she wrote it and, mm-hmm. and she said, this is good for, pardon me, six people. And so what you got to do was you go up to the the fast pass line of any ride you wanted. So for those who have been to Disney know that is like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. That is that is like and and we just walk right in. And it was it changed the experience. Like we hit like you know 16 rides a day oh, when most I, most people hit like 6, you know. I can't wait till my son is old enough to ride <laughs> roller coasters with me. Well, <laughs> slight bad news, not terrible news, but but it's not quite that anymore. So they that when we walked away, I thought we had such a great time, but the the unfortunately the cynical side of me said it, this is going to get abused because there was no real check yeah. or balance on it. Everyone just flies right. And sure enough, there started stories started coming out of people like abusing it or, or some oh, people like um, getting special needs people to like sell their passes to them or some oh, terrible geez. thing. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So they changed it. So now you get something a little different. You you go right up to the front. You don't get to go in that moment, but they give you like a, a time when you can come back okay. and go straight through. So um, it's still really good. Yeah. It, not to mention that they, you know, the, the Disney um, – you know they have them the staff all the Disney cast members they put something in their uh, water to make sure that they're happy all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Amazing. They hire. They ha- I need that. They, yeah, <laughs> me too. Right. <laughs> it's Dave. It's called vodka. No, no. <laughs> um, they are particularly accommodating, and we we noticed that we were in um, one of the theme parks, mm-hmm. and we were in a restaurant, and we walked out, and one I think one of the um, uh, like the hostess at this restaurant noticed Adrian and could tell that he had autism or some sort of, it takes a couple minutes to notice with Adrian, but you can notice. And so I just remember, I, I don't remember what prompted her, but she kind of ran out to us as we were leaving the restaurant and said, Hey, here's a couple passes, you know, pick Adrian's favorite ride and take them on. And it was just so, That's it was so just nice. unbelievable. They just went out of their way and, Oh, you know what it was? I told them this is Adrian's favorite place. It was the, the restaurant they called the, Primetime Cafe. It's one of these old-timey things, and the waitresses comically yell at you if you have your elbows <laughs> on the table, and Adrian thinks that's so funny. Um, so, and SensoryCity.org. Now, needless to say, can you can you make donations on the site if you if you think this is great, or can you, can you donate anything in particular? Or? Well, we won't Don't say be no shy. to anything. Right. They, they actually would need to contact us by email if they want to make a donation. Okay. So sensorycity at gmail.com. I mean, how how are you how are you funded? Is it is it uh, grants or all donations? Grants. Okay. Mm-hmm. So make a grant. Yeah. Come on. It's tax deductible. It's <laughs> it's it's tax deductible. So so there you go. Um, anything that we've forgotten because this was cool, Tanya. Um, you uh, well, you mentioned the uh, did you mention the Boxer Hotel by name? Because you might as well give them a yeah. shout out if they're exemplary. Shout out to the Boxer Hotel. We, yeah. Um, we have been speaking with them a little bit, and um, we decided that 
we would like to donate them a sensory kit as our first hotel mm-hmm. um, of the month of Autism Awareness Month. Um, like I said, we are going to be donating a sensory kit or a communication board to 30 hotels, one for each day in April. I want to thank you, uh, Tanya. This this is awesome. And by the way, I lead a, uh, we can talk about this offline, but I lead a special needs uh, group that meets every month and lawyers and people that work for nonprofits and everybody around the special needs world. And if you'll come to one of our meetings and present, they would love to hear everything that you're up to. I would love to go. Okay, because that, that'll hopefully get you a lot more. I'm a special needs parent myself too, right? So. Yeah, uh, we got to stick together, right? We usually do. So, um, Tanya Acosta from Sensory City. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. So check, make sure you check it out. SensoryCity.org. Important stuff. And encourage those hotels, restaurants, everybody else to be a little bit more sensitive to this stuff. That's what Tanya's doing, working so hard. So all of our cool kids can hang out at those places. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with a colleague or a friend. There's no charge. It's free. It's not like you're pushing something on them or selling something. It's free. It's free content. And it's all about content these days. You can find all of our past episodes at pod617.com. By the way, we can produce your podcast for you here at our Westwood studios. If you go to our website, again, pod617.com, you'll find out how to get started. Thanks so much for listening. On behalf of Tanya Acosta from sensorycity.org, this is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. <laughs> <laughs>